in relation to Lord's Day 27 regarding what is being taught in baptism, let's read from the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, and also the first part of Isaiah 44. So if you've got the Pew Bible with you, it's on page 717. And kids, as we read through this, count how many times God refers to himself, how many times he says, I, me, mine, myself, etc. God is emphasizing in this chapter that he is the one that has chosen us. And at the same time, Notice the love that God has for his people who are turning away from him. So Isaiah 43, we'll start at the beginning of the chapter. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not. For I am with you. I will bring you offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations gather together, and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right. Let them hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Henceforth, also henceforth I am He. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work, and who can turn it back? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans and the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. To give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. 
I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You have not brought, bought me, sweet king, with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. But you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us argue together. Set forth your case that you may be proved right. Your first father sinned, and your mediators transgressed against me. Therefore, I will profane the princes of the sanctuary and deliver Jacob to utter destruction and Israel to reviling. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb and who will help and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring, and my blessing upon your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand, the Lord's, and name himself by the name of Israel. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me. Since I appointed an ancient people, let him, them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a rock besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. So far from God's word. Now turn to our confessions to the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 27, and that's on page 884 of the Psalter Hymnal. Lord's Day 27. Question answer 72. Does this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? No. Only Jesus Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit cleanse us from all sins. Why then does the Holy Spirit call baptism the water of rebirth and the washing away of sins? God has good reason for these words. To begin with, he wants to teach us that the blood and spirit of Christ take away our sins just as water removes dirt from the body. But more importantly, he wants to assure us by his divine pledge and sign that we are as truly washed by our sins spiritually as our bodies are washed with pure water physically. Should infants also be baptized? Yes. Infants as well as adults are included in God's covenant and people. And they no less than adults are promised deliverance from sin through Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit who works faith. Therefore, by baptism, the sign of the covenant, they too should be incorporated into the Christian church and distinguished from the children of unbelievers. This was done in the Old Testament by circumcision, which was replaced in the New Testament by baptism.
So far from our confessions. Dear brothers and sisters, how valuable are you? How highly do you think of yourself? Now, this can be a tricky question. A Christian is not someone who thinks that the world revolves around them. We do not think that we are the most important person in our lives. A Christian is humble. We also realize that we are sinful. And the more we get to know the Lord, the, the more we realize how sinful we really are. And the more we see our sinfulness, the more we detest and humble ourselves. Understanding that, that we are sinful can, can make us look down on ourselves. It can bring us to question our value. It can bring us to question whether God really loves us whether he will really forgive our sins and adopt us as his children. I am worthless after all. Look at how sinful I am. Look at how weak I am. Why would God want anything to do with me? Why would God want me to take a, take, why would God want to take me up in his arms as a beloved child? Why would he value me so much? Why would he think of me so highly? So how do we deal with this apparent contradiction, brothers and sisters? Uh, how can we, on the one hand, detest ourselves because of our sinfulness, and yet, on the other hand, confess that we are dear children of God, that we are royalty as children of the King of Kings, that we are, oh, so valuable to Him? Brothers and sisters, we need to realize that we are indeed valuable to God, each one of us. God, through baptism, claims us as one of his children. And it's his great desire that we live in this comfort. That's why he gave us the sign of baptism. By baptism, he teaches and assures that despite of our uncleanness, he has cleansed us and claimed us for his own. This afternoon, we'll look at the teaching of God's word regarding our baptism with the theme. With baptism, God assures us, you are mine I have cleaned you. We'll see two things. First, you are mine. And secondly, your children are mine. Brothers and sisters, with baptism, God assures us, you are mine and I have cleaned you. First, you are mine. Brothers and sisters, we cannot deny that we are dirty. Our sinful nature stains us, and if that was, as if that was not bad enough, it daily produces great quantities of, dirty, of dirt to make us even dirtier. There is no way that God will look at us and say, you of yourself are worthy to come into my presence. You have the cleanness required to be allowed in my throne room. Come and live with me. No. We are sinful. And we daily sin against him. So of ourselves, we are not worthy to come into his presence. And we are definitely not worthy to be his children. 
But that's nothing new. God's people have never been worthy of themselves. We read from Isaiah. A prophet sent by God to call his people back to himself. A prophet sent by God to warn them of the punishment that he would send them for their sin because they refused to put their trust in him and live for him. Because they decided to worship other gods. Because they had grown tired of serving God. Despite the God, this love that God had shown them, the, the Lord of, concludes, Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You have not bought me sweet game with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities." And as a result, the Lord says, Therefore I will profane the princes of the sanctuary and deliver Jacob to utter destruction and Israel to reviling. And yet, despite their sinfulness, God does not disown his children. He still says to them, I have called you by name. You are mine. He calls him my, my servant whom I have chosen. He reminds them that he also belongs to them. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. With this statement, he reminds them of the covenant, the relationship that they have, the relationship that's summed up by, you shall be my people and I will be your God. In his great love for his covenant people, he calls them back to him. The Lord also reminds them it was not because of their perfection that he chose them in the past. Your first father sinned. Abraham was a sinner, just like them. He was not chosen because he was such a perfect man. God also reminds them that it was not because they had such great mediators in the past that he did not reject them in the past. Your mediators transgressed against me. The mediators that God had given to his people were also sinners who did not deserve to, become, to come before the throne of God. Moses was a sinner. The many judges that God sent his people were sinners. The priests were sinners. They need to bring sacrifices for their own sins before they could bring sins, sacrifices for the sins of the people. Not a single one of the mediators that God had sent his people were worthy to stand before his throne either. In his great love for his people, that he had chosen for his own, he reminds them that despite their present sin and the sinfulness of their first father and other mediators, he was their redeemer and savior. In face of their present rebellion and sinfulness, he reminds them that he has already redeemed them. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. While they are living in rebellion, he reminds them that he is the only one they can turn to for salvation. I, I am the Lord. And besides me there is no Savior. He reminds them that it is he who has promised to forgive their sins. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. The Lord comes to his sinful covenant people and says, I, who am the only source of salvation, have claimed you. 
and have already redeemed you. So turn to me for the forgiveness of your sins. Turn to me and trust that I will not remember your sins. Brothers and sisters, it's not beautiful to see the, the love of God, the love that God's showing Israel in his, this passage, the love that he has for his people who are living in rebellion against him, who are worshiping Baal and Asherah instead of him. We would expect to see nothing but wrath. We would expect to see nothing but anger. And yet what we read is a heartfelt plea of love for them to return to him. God opens up his heart to them and says, Come to me and I will wipe away your sins. I will make all things good again between me and you. You are mine. And brothers and sisters, we ourselves, we also witness this on a regular basis. Every time we witness baptism, we witness this very same love of God. Every baptism, God says to a sinner, you are mine, I have chosen you. Every baptism, God says to a sinner, I will wash away all your sins and will not remember them. What we witness in baptism is God's amazing love to someone who does not deserve it, a sinner. Whenever we see a child being baptism, baptized, whenever we see an adult receiving baptism, we see God showing his love to them. When we sit in church and witness a minister administer the sacrament of baptism, it's not the church or the minister that sets the one baptized aside for God. It is God who personally sets them aside. The one who administers the baptism is just his instrument. When we see the water as a symbol of the washing away of sins, it's not the water itself that washes away sins. No, as God tells us in our passage, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions. God personally washes away our sins. This is also what we confess when we say that only Jesus Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit cleanse us from all sins. It's not the water that washes away sins. Instead, God sent His only begotten Son to become one of us, to take on human form and die on the cross as payment for our sins against Him. It is Jesus' blood that washes away our sins. And then God sent His Holy Spirit to live in us, to unite us to Christ in order that His sacrifice for our sins could be our sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And it is God's Spirit who also renews our hearts so that we produce less and less sin and produce more and more good. It is God's Spirit who will one day complete this work so that one day we will no longer have a sinful nature that stains us and will no longer produce filthy sin. From beginning to end, it is God who cleanses us. And God wants us to know that we are clean. He wants us to know that we are a delight to His eyes. He wants us to know that we are suitable to come before Him in His throne room. He wants us to know that we're suitable to be His children. He knows our weaknesses. He knows that the more we come to know and love Him, the more we realize how dirty we really are of ourselves. 
He knows the struggle that we can face to accept the fact that we are really clean in His sight. And He does not want us to doubt that He has cleansed us. He loves us dearly. And He doesn't want us, His adopted children, to be afraid to come before Him as our Father because of our sins. And so He gave us a sacrament of baptism. Notice that the second question and answer in Lord's Day 27 gives us two reasons for God calling baptism, the washing of regeneration, or the water of rebirth and the washing away of our sins. He wants to teach us and to assure us of his cleansing work for us. He wants to teach us that the blood and spirit of Christ take away our sins just as water removes dirt from the body. He wants us to look at the the water of baptism and have a visual representation of what he has done for us. Our dear Heavenly Father tells us, look at the water, water that you know from experience washes away dirt. My dear son, my dear daughter, that is what the blood and spirit of Christ have done with your sins. They remove the stain of sin from you. But our confession continues. But more importantly, he wants to assure us by this divine pledge and sign that we are as truly washed of our sins spiritually as our bodies are washed with water physically. Through baptism, God tells us, this sacrament is from me personally. It is my divine pledge and sign that I have washed away your sins. You no longer have to consider yourself clean as unclean. You can be sure of this, for I have cleaned you. So, brothers and sisters, yes, we detest ourselves because of our sin. But our loving God does not want us to stop there. He wants us to take the next step and look towards Him, to look towards Jesus who died and paid for our sins whose blood washes away our sinful nature and every sinful deed that we will ever commit. Our God calls us to believe the promise, His promise, that He washes away every last remnant of our sin. And this is no impersonal call. This is a call from the very heart of God. He really wants us to believe, to look to Him for complete forgiveness of all our sins And he promises that the blood of Jesus together with the Holy Spirit really cleanses us just as he promised us in our baptism. Brothers and sisters, God has cleansed us for himself. We are his and we are clean. This is what he teaches and assures us of with our baptism. Our baptism is his divine pledge of this. So do not doubt that you really are a royal child of God. That brings us to our second point. Your children are mine. But what about our children? Does God love them that much as well? Does he give them the same promise? Of course he does. The last question of our Lord's Day, of course, addresses the false teaching of the Anabaptists and of the Baptists. 
They say, first you need to believe. And once you have chosen to believe, once you've committed yourself to Jesus, then you are baptized to show your faith. But brothers and sisters, the focus here is all wrong. If you say this, you are looking at yourself for assurance of salvation. You're saying, I can be sure of my salvation because I chose for God. But where has God taught us to look? At Him. At Him alone. He is the one who chose us. It was not Abraham who chose to follow God. But it was God who called him from his idol worship to be his. Is that not what we read from Isaiah? I chose you. This is also what baptism teaches us. It teaches us that God has chosen us for himself. That he has chosen to cleanse us so that we might be fit to live in his presence forever. God made his covenant with Abraham and with his offspring. Isaac and Jacob and all of Israel were included in the covenant even before they were born. They had no say in the matter. God had chosen them. And we see a similar thing in God's address to his sinful people in the days of Isaiah. Did you notice that he talked about their children? God spoke to his people about their offspring who were yet to be born. Their offspring who would be born in exile. He said, fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Did you notice how God refers to the offspring who would be born in exile? God calls the offspring of his covenant people, offspring yet to be born, never mind have faith, my sons and my daughters. And the language of Isaiah also points to the new covenant, to the time when God would call his children, his sons and his daughters from the ends of the earth. In Acts 2, Peter repeats the promise made to Abraham and to his offspring and adds those who are far off. Those who are at the ends of the earth. He says there, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. The covenant promise is for those whom God calls to himself, including our children. It is an infant baptism that we see the clearest that God does all the work. The baby can do nothing. He cannot choose to worship God. He cannot choose to be a servant of God. He, he cannot choose to be a child of God. There we see the clearest that it is God who says, I chose you. You are mine. Our babies also receive the promise of redemption from sins, of being washed by Christ's blood. God also says to them, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. He also received the promise of the Holy Spirit who works faith. The Lord tells his coming covenant people concerning their children, 
I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by the flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call on the name of Jacob. Another will write on his hands, the Lord's, and name himself by the name of Israel. The Baptists say that we first need to have faith, and then we can be baptized. But God says, I claim your children for myself. I will pour out my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. It is the Holy Spirit who works faith, both in infants and in adults. And God promises to pour out his Holy Spirit on our children, who will then say, I am the Lord's. Baptism is not about our faith, but about God's claim on us. Notice also what type of soil God says he's going to pour his water on, his spirit on. On thirsty land, on dry ground, on ground that can produce no life of itself. It is on these grounds that he pours out his Holy Spirit. There is no way that we can claim that the child must first choose God. God must first choose the child. Our children are distinguished from the children of unbelievers because God has claimed them. Not because they are better than the children of unbelievers, but because God says, they are my sons and my daughters, and I will work in them with my Holy Spirit. Yes, there is a responsibility of the child to respond to God's work in him. If we, either we or our children reject God's promises, we will not receive it. The child must believe that God, what God promises as he or she is able. But it is God who implants this faith in the child. We do not have to worry about exactly when God does this. We're not told exactly what God does in the, the heart of an infant even from before birth, and we do not need to know. We just need to believe God when he says that they are my sons and my daughters. As David confesses in Psalm 22, yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you I was cast from my birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Additionally, God puts childlike faith, the childlike faith of a young child, as the exemplar of how we should all believe. Remember what Jesus said when the parents brought their young children to him. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. The faith of a young child who believes whatever mom and dad teach him. Dad told me that God loves me. So he does. Mom tells me that Jesus died for my sins, so he has. Faith that believes what God promises without any questions, without any doubts, without any thought that there could be another way. The childlike faith found in the youngest of children is sufficient, no, is the exemplar of how we should all believe. Let us never Think little of it. And let's also never think so much about our faith that we think it earns us salvation, 
earns us the right to be baptized. It does not. It only believes what God first gave to us. Baptism is not about our response, but about God's assurance to us. He says, I claim you and your children for myself. And because of God's claim on our children, we must baptize our children. Just like in the Old Testament, they had to circumcise their sons. It was a serious thing not to do so. Those who refused to circumcise their sons were cut off from God's people. And if we refuse to baptize our children, we are denying God's claim on them. And this is no minor issue. This is a matter of whether we believe God's promise for our children. Brothers and sisters, God comes to us and assures us that he loves us. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I, gave Egypt, I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. He told Old Testament Israel, look at all the things that I have done for you. These mighty works were done for you because I valued you so highly. God is also telling us these things. For we also are children of Abraham. We also are Israel. When God reminds us to look at him for salvation, he reminds us who he is. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. He's telling us, do not look at other gods who are no gods. Look at me. Believe that I am God, that I am the rock and the only stable ground for your life, that I am your salvation as I have promised, that there is no one greater than me who is able to save you. Because of who I am and the love that I have for you, there is no need for you to doubt that I will save you. And with baptism, he also comes to us and assures us, I have washed you clean through the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. I really have. Our God promises that he cleanses us by the blood of Jesus. Through Christ, we are no longer unclean. No longer destined for destruction. Through Christ, we are children of the Most High King. We are precious in His sight. Let us not doubt what He says. Finally, God says of us that we are the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. May all glory be to the only God, creator of heaven and earth, who comes to us with such great love. Amen. Let's come before our loving Father in prayer. Dear Father, thank you for claiming us for yourselves. Lord, if it weren't for you, claiming us, we confess that we would never choose for you. We would continue living our lives for ourselves, living as our own gods and making up other gods. We would do anything but serve you. We would never believe what you have to say. We would call you the liar and Satan the, the one of all truth. 
And yet because of your great mercy, you have chosen us. Set us aside as your children. You work in us with your Holy Spirit so that we may believe what you say is true. Lord, thank you that you have cleansed us with the blood of your Son, your dear Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us baptism to, to assure us and to teach us that you have cleansed us. Thank you that we do, do not want us to doubt what you've promised to us. And Lord, we ask, strengthen our faith. Lord, we confess that our faith is often not as strong as it should be. So often doubts creep into our mind. Lord, we are weak. Lord, we ask, work mightiness with your Holy Spirit that we may never doubt your promises to us and to our children. That we may believe that they are true. Lord, we ask that you be with fathers and mothers as they train their children in your ways, as they teach their children that they belong to you, that Jesus died for their sins. As they teach them to come to you to ask for forgiveness of their sins. And as they assure them that you truly will do so. Bless them. Give them wisdom and diligence in this task. And Lord, bless their efforts. Lord, be with grandparents as they continue to lead their families, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren in the fear of your name. As they lead by example and by word, Lord, grant that they also may continue to show that, you're, that they are that your children, that their, their, their children, that their grandchildren are yours, that they may call on them to look to you for salvation, to be sure that you, belong, that you have called them to, as your child. Lord, also give them wisdom and strength and bless their diligence also, continuing and leading their families in your ways. Be with our children, Lord. Grant that they may know that you love them. That even from the youngest of ages, that they may somehow know before that they can talk, that they may know that they are yours. That when they can just barely talk, they can confess they love you. They love the Lord. They love Jesus. And Lord, as they grow up, and as the things of this world are exposed to them more and more, as they get to the age of discernment, the age where they start to think for themselves and, and start to question things and see, is it really true? As they start to make decisions for themselves, Lord, we ask that you also work in their hearts mightily with your Holy Spirit, that they may never leave you. That they may also be assured, always be assured that they may have the firm faith that they are yours. That you also forgive their sins, also the sins of youth. Lord, we ask that you be with those who have left the faith. Lord, we grieve for them. They go around in darkness. They live for themselves. And Lord, we know the, the misery that will lead to. We ask, show mercy. Lord, be faithful to your promises also to them. And Lord, work mightily in them with your Holy Spirit that they may again call on you. That they may see their need for you, their need for deliverance. Lord, grant that they may turn back to you. Lord, when they do, we will praise and honor and glorify you. Then the angels in heaven will shout with joy when one of these lost ones come back to you. So we ask for your own glory, bring them back. We also ask that you be with the family of those who have lost loved ones. Lord, as they seek to speak to their loved ones, 
to seek to lead by example. Lord, give them wisdom in what to say and what to do. And Lord, bless their prayers and their words. Lord, bless their actions. Lord, grant mercy. And also comfort those who grieve for loved ones who have died without you. For whom there is no hope. Be near to them and strengthen them also in their deep grief. Grant them also the comfort that one day that grief will disappear. That you will wipe away every tear. Bless us, Lord, as we continue to worship you and to serve you. Not only in this worship service, but also in the week to come. 